Hi guys, uh, the episode that you're just about to listen to is generously sponsored by our affiliates Board Game Crate. Board Game Crate uh, provide a monthly subscription service where they get fresh new games delivered straight to your door. Just head over to www.boardgamecrate.co.uk and furthermore, if you use our discount code UnluckyFrogIsAwesome, all lowercase, all one word, you'll get a cheeky little discount. It's easy to remember because it's true. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Hello and welcome to the Unlucky Frog Gaming Podcast. I'm your host Ben Porter and I'm joined this Independence Day by Tom Lovewell of Redwell Games. Hello. How are we doing Tom? I'm doing quite well, thank you. Yeah, you, you sound uh, you sound very chipper for a, for a man who's uh, Thursday night uh, had to deal with children and job and all that. Because tomorrow is Friday. And tomorrow is payday, okay. and those two things are beautiful. Yes, that that is true. I I am I am struggling somewhat, um, just uh, being a bit tired, and it's that wonderful time of the year where everyone is sharing various cold and cough viruses and things. Yes, I understand that. My little one brought back several of his from school. Yeah, great. Yeah, because you, you you were just saying that it was uh, quite poetic. I, I think the, the phrase you used was last week you were streaming with gunge. Yes, very, very, very much. Yeah. Rivers of green. Yeah, uh, absolutely horrendous image, but um, quite descriptive nonetheless. Yes. So, so um, you, you're on to, to obviously have a chat with us about what... Um, what you do in general, because yes. it's it's long long overdue, but oh, very much so. You are, yep, you are also um, ramping up to releasing uh, a new game. Yes, uh, Kicks Kazing is hitting Kickstarter, so it's a second Kickstarter, and it will be thirtieth October. It hits um, the electronic thing that is Kickstarter. That that um, magnificent uh, beast. That's uh, so yes. so very very well known in the the tabletop industry, loved and and hated. I think it's uh, can yes. be a wee bit controversial. Very much controversial. Yeah, yeah, but is the the friend of the independent developer for for very good reason. Yes, and depleted my wallet a few times as well. Yes, um, I, I've actually I've been quite good for a while with Kickstarter, but um, I've been suckered in by Tidal Blades. I have to say, I don't know if you've seen that one. I've not seen that one. There's there's all there's always uh, there's always something on Kickstarter that's um, that's going to sucker uh, more more than a few of us in, in particularly with the, these ridiculous miniatures, because you know it's, we always need more miniatures. Or, or, or baby-sized bigatures. Yep, I, I don't think I don't think anyone has uh, has quite gotten over that. But do you yeah. know, I I heard see the it, it's not made from like the the normal plastic that miniatures are cast in. Like someone told me, it's quite like rubbery. Uh, I I I just dread to think at the size of it. But um, 
I'm pretty dreadful at painting my miniatures at the best of times. So something that, that is that huge, it, it's just going to, it was never going to be on my radar. It's like, no, if I've got that and it's something that big for me to avoid painting, it just seems a waste. It's a hell of a commitment, that. It's like the, um, do, do you remember a few years ago, um, Games Workshop brought out the the Smaug miniature, the Smaug yes. the dragon from The, the Hobbit. Mm-hmm. And the, I think the miniature, it, it costs like between two and three hundred pounds, but they, they, they make them up to order. Yeah. Which, um, you know, makes make sense with something that size, right? But, so the biggest things that I've ever got around to painting are either Warjacks or um, some, or uh, Lehman Rust tanks and things. But then it was just yeah. generally start with a spray, add a bit of camouflage for the tank. There we go. Job done. Simple Job, jobs are good. Whereas the case of with, with that big, big thing, it was just like I, I just wouldn't know where to start. And it was a case of it probably looked like bad graffiti by the time I'd finished. Yeah, and it's the, that that thing is that when you've got something that size, you can sort of cheat with a smaller model. It's it's almost like you you take this imp- approach of like impressionism, like you do lots of little blobs and layers, and from a certain distance that looks quite nice. But when you scale it up like that, it it, it could look pretty bad. Trying yeah, to apply my, the same techniques. Well, well, my techniques are the distance optimal distance is across the room normally. Okay. <laughs> So it's going to be quite hard with something like that. Oh, oh yeah. Well, I I try to make sure whenever I'm playing tournaments that I don't have a silver or plastic cord where possible. So there's paint on it, but it's not pretty. Yeah, even if it's just like the the two or three colours in the base, right? That's uh, that's better than nothing. Most of the time, there was one exception last year. I went to a tournament and literally just been given the box. So it's a case of right, get the things out use them for three out of two of the three games I played with painted stuff and I went well and it was a Malifaux tournament so it was choosing randomly which master I'd use so the first two I'd use as the painted master and the third one's like well not use this one the last game let's actually just use Sonia straight from the box literally had stuck her together a couple of nights beforehand so completely grey but it's like well I've never actually played with her before so yes she's great but you've also got me as a novice, and surprisingly, I managed to eke out a win, and I think that's the best I've ever done with her as well. So, you know, nice. And then, and then, obviously, now when you get her painted, she's going to perform horrendously because that—that's apparently like a scientific fact with miniatures, right? Is that when they're painted, they no, I they think lose their mojo. Luck. It was just very much a case of first game win. And since then, it's just been a slide down. So I, I think paint might actually improve things. It can't make things any worse. Okay, so she's maybe bucking the trend. All right. Um, anyway, we we've uh, we've talked quite a bit about uh, little plastic men. So yes. we sh- we should maybe actually talk about what what you're what you're here to talk about. Yes. Let, let's let's talk about Redwell. So before yeah. we we dive into Kazing a bit more. Mm-hmm. Um, Vote Me was Redwell's first game, right? Which yes, uh, which it, released this year? It is this year. UK Games Expo it was the first time there was actually physical copies. So it went on Kickstarter yeah. um, around Aircon time, just after Aircon. Um, and it was at a low level, uh, and it was, it was basically me with the training wheels on. 
um, learn how to do uh-huh. Kickstarter, um, let's start getting to hang with everything because it, it's it's our little one. But Kazing has been my baby for a little longer. It's taken two and a half years to develop to get to this stage. But um, Vote Me is a nice little game, fun sort sort of with groups and things. But it was a, a, a lot lighter in some respects than Kazing can be. Sure. Um, yeah. And so it was. This is for me to learn with. Make sure I know what I'm doing. Find a printer. Get all the logistics sorted so that next time when I come with something which has got a bit more for everybody on, like Kazing has, I know what I'm doing, and I can say to people, "Look, you can trust me. I'm asking for this amount, and I'm not going to mess you around because I've done it once before. I, you know, I don't know all the pit traps because all things can happen, but." I'm not learning right from the get-go. This is just now building from experience. Yeah. So. You, you mentioned just there about trust. Yes. So what, what, what means quite a small game, both in terms of the, the, the its physical size, it's a small box with a relatively small number of components, and it's yep. a fairly modest uh, price point as well. Was that a deliberate decision for the, the first game that Redwell released? Oh, it's a deliberate decision for the first few that I'm doing. It's a case of, for me, wanting to make sure that anything I develop, I don't overextend myself. Um, Because as Redwall Games, this isn't my first foray into the industry. I was actually a developer um, on the Relics Miniatures game uh, by Tor Gaming. So version 1 and 1.1, I was involved in that. And so I really got a feel from that element of making sure that what you're doing keep it focused and things and during that period when i was developing that um with gavin well gavin was writing it i was just sending my ideas and helping with the playtesting and things but i developed some ideas for games and then i came to them and went yeah this is a really good idea but it's got 120 unique different cards and unique dice and i just looked at it and went this game is going to be too much of a pain to develop let's strip it down, let's go down to something that's far more simplistic, um, that I can learn different types of playtesting, so playtesting card games, and develop and learn the industry that way. And that was how Kazing was born. And during that process, it was a case, well, Kazing works, but it's a little bit of a harder sell. And so Vote Me came in as a result of that, because Vote yeah. Me is, is very stripped down. The rules are on six sides of, a, of cards. So... Um, and not all of them are, you must follow this. It's kind of the last two cards of the critical bits, which is all about the voting part of the vote me. So the rest of it's very much a, a social improv game that you can um, adapt to your needs if you want to, but you don't have to follow the rules too heavily at all. So um, Yeah, and- which was some, something that um, that we actually mentioned in the, the review that we wrote up for, for Vote Me is that um, in a lot of ways... It's a it's a toolbox oh, to play the so. game you want to play, right? Oh, oh completely. Um, I, I've given a very straightforward way of using them, but you could use it as a larger group option and just basically get people in a big group to put um, to take the vote me elements, and then just sort of individually people say yes, I like that one or not, and just use it as a guide for sort of improvisation sessions. Um, I developed it because um, I've previously worked at the University of Sheffield and I've given talks at um, conferences. And one of the things I've noticed with 
students was they're very reticent for the first time to get up and talk in front of an audience. And it was partly yeah. designed as a tool for people. Well, it's a bit of fun. It's lighthearted, but it's for people to get up and start talking. And it's a very good resource because yeah. it's, it's only a minute. With the themes that are put in there, you can be silly. And so no one's going to kind of criticize you for being silly because that's the point, having a bit of fun with it and just get used to talking. Sure. So, and that was kind of yeah. the genesis of that one, really. Um, yeah, and, and I, 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 as I said in my review, I think it, it works very well in that respect. Um, the production quality is very high as well. That's always been important to me. Um, made sure, you know, Gavin with Relics made sure that all the miniatures looked nice, all the artwork was nice. I was aware of that. I've, I, like you, play plenty of games and have picked up some things where um, the artwork, you've got some really nice things, and then in the same box, <laughs> legendary, um, for example, <laughs> you've got some dog awful artwork, and you just go, I like the game, but that looks like someone has sat on that person's face and squished it into obscurity, and it looks awful. And so I've wanted to make yeah. sure that it that it is as a package looks nice. So and, and similarly with rules, um, I've been sitting on Kazing for the last several months with most of the gameplay sorted, going through blind playtesting several times to try and make sure that when it gets launched, I'm happy with a rule set that people can just pick up and go, I know how to play this from the rules booklet rather than go, I'm going through the rules booklet and I don't know what I'm doing and yeah, and things like that. So I really wanted to make sure that what I released wasn't just some half baked thing that it, that I spent the time making sure that it was right. Um, and, and any delays from now to production will be making sure that whenever the game arrives in people's hands, it's of the best quality, not just terms of the components, but in terms of the rules, in terms of the artwork, that people go, yeah, this feels like it's a proper game yeah. that people have spent time over. Sounds like a plan. Um, as, as far as Fort Me goes, um, as I've said, um, um, un unlucky frog gaming we we did a, a review on the blog where we spoke uh, quite favorably of it oh, very much but so. it's actually won a couple of awards it uh, it has um so imagination gaming uh a um and but they're based in huddersfield and they're an education based um i don't know i think i'm going to get into deep trouble with the lovely people from there if i describe it incorrectly. Um, but they run um, sessions in libraries and in schools with kids, with larger groups as well. Um, in Sheffield, actually, we're really lucky being close to Huddersfield, that they've been to a number of the libraries in and around Sheffield and other places around the country. Um, yeah. And yeah, it's all about engaging with children, but also with family groups and larger than that. I think they did the Family Zone at UK Games Expo. And each year they run their uh, gaming awards um, and uh, they put a bronze award for Vote Me in three different categories which I was flabbergasted by. I just thought well you know it's the first thing we've released you know just to be looked at was nice but yes it came away with bronze award for best literacy game, best cross-curriculum game 
and best family game. So it's like, wow, that's quite nice. Which which is a testament to its um, its potential as an educational tool, right? Oh, very much so. Um, it it's, can be used sort of in the UK uh, as a tool to help people uh, engage with um, with speech, but also describing things. It can be used, obviously, to sort of talk a little bit about politics, but it's been used um, in different countries. I know there's some people in Sweden that picked it up to use it um, to teach English as a foreign language. And it's because it's got that oh, wow. nice, it's that minute element where people are just talking and it can really engage people with just trying to find some words in that period to talk. And normally with speech, you just need that hook of what topic do I start with? And just a couple of words can really give you that start point. Yeah, but it's even things like the uh, the, the the very clean stripped down aesthetic helps with that, right? Like there's, um, I know I, 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 I don't claim to be any expert with regards to education, but I know um, you know, particularly for like people that maybe struggle a bit with literacy, like dyslexia and things like that, that certain fonts lend themselves better to uh, to to teaching. It it just fits. To be fair, that the fonts kind of was a happy accident. The idea was always to have the icons, so the different parties: blue butterfly, orange jelly, red balloon, had a very clear. Um, colour associated with a very clear symbol so that it would yeah. look colourful unlike certain other party games that like just black and white um there was that colour <laughs> element but also if people struggled with colour it didn't matter because you go well that's very clearly an apple shape that's very clearly a balloon shape doesn't matter if i can't tell sure. the difference between the colours so it was always an intent that people could tell the difference regardless yeah so we, you you very you very much um, sort of proven yourself with uh, with vote me. I think it's safe to say, and we we mentioned earlier on in the show that Kazing is in the works, uh, and we yes. we've already talked a little bit about Kazing. But um, could you tell us the the premise of the game? Well, the premise of the game. Well, I started off as a game. It's, it's now since actually I've been looking at it, it's more of a game system, but I'll explain what I mean by that shortly. The principle is casting spells. So everybody knows that wizards, witches, warlocks, sorcerers cast spells by either waving their hands or wands or staffs around with a magic word. You know, there's always, it's not just sat meekly in the corner and magic happens, you do something. And the principle for yeah. using is linking together a series of wand movements with a spell casting word at the end, and that's you casting a spell. And so using those cards to do that, I've put together three different games that you can play. So there's one game mode, which I call precision, which is all about starting in one place, finishing in a specific place, and just con collecting the nine different positions on the grid. Yeah. And, and that's one game mode. And this grid is very much like a per basically the artwork. There's a person stood up, and so you've got a three by three grid, which is all the different places you can reach to. So the head is positioned to, it's at the top, so you can't go higher than there. Whereas the feet is position eight, it's at the bottom, because your arm can't go lower than that. And so it's all about this space around you where you're moving your wand. Um, 
Sure. The other game mode you've got, I've called thaumaturgy, which is linked to, I think, the Greek word for power or something. Um, but anyway, that's to do with longer spells are better spells. And so you score points for having a longer, more points for a longer spell than for a shorter spell. And the idea is get to the end of the game. Whoever's got the most spell, most points from spells wins the game that way. And the third way of playing is a bit like Wizard's Duel, a bit like Magic the Gathering, where both players or all players, because it can be played in a group, have a set level of health and your spells either um, cause damage to an opponent or can heal somebody. And so it's it uses the same cards, but actually the aim is different. And so a good card for making a long spell is often a bad card for causing damage to somebody. And so yeah. it really does depend on what type of game you're playing, how you look at things. Um, but, link, but also linked in with that is there's three ways of playing, but there's also three difficulty levels. So there's the very basic learn to play okay. option, which is you don't look at the different backgrounds, the different suits, or as we've called them, the, the magical resonance of the spell. So there's yeah. four of them within the game and you just ignore them completely. Uh, sure. But at the middle level, it comes in and you say, right, at this middle level of difficulty, the the magic word has to have the same resonance, the same suit as the last movement. And you can get both. But what's really nice is you can have somebody playing at the easy level, playing against somebody at that medium level of difficulty at the same time. And so it's balanced that way. And so you can have young people playing with older people or people new to the game with experienced people and all players get to have a challenging game because of this unique difficulty mechanism. And so you don't have, okay. uh, and that was part of the inspiration behind it was I wanted to be able to play games with my son where I felt I was playing a game and I didn't have to sort of go, well, I'll let him win this one. I, I, did, I don't like having to do that. Um, and so, what, and so that's why I tried to invent something with that element. Um, and there are other games, you know, games like Scrabble. Generally, better Scrabble players are people who've played Scrabble a lot, know what the good words to go for, and can recognise it with practice. And it's a case of, well, you can't handicap someone so well to be able to play with people who are new to it or people who have only been reading for a few years and have got a reduced um, vocabulary, for want of a better word. So I want to try yeah. and somehow incorporate that. You, you'd mentioned earlier about um, how you're you're in the throes of creating a, a, a form of a, a database, essentially, that is in the future going to allow people to create their own games with Kazing. Yeah, yes, you're right. Um, the situation is... Um, over the last few weeks, since um, spreading my net, um, the number of people to either preview or blind play test wider, I've had feedback. Um, I had good feedback from uh, Giles out uh, both sides of my table to do with the solo play version. Uh, and he's made suggestions about different things you could do with solo play. And it's just become more apparent to me that actually I've, I've focused on three areas, but actually it's a set of cards and people can just use them to do different things. 
and, and create their own games from it. And I want to encourage that. Um, and so on the Kickstarter, there's going to be um, the um, details for a competition where um, people can submit either as an email to contact at redworldgames.com uh, an idea of for a game involving uh, the Kazin cards or comment on the Kickstarter page an idea of the game, of a, of a new form of game using cards. And um, I'll close it at Christmas and in the new year I'll say this person has submitted um, the what we view, um, not just myself, but other people that have been involved in helping with the um, playtesting of um, Kazing in Sheffield. We'll have a look at it. The one we think best, that person will win um, a copy of Kazing and um, a game mat. Of course, the caveat being it needs to fund. But um, <laughs> Of course. Yeah. If it doesn't fund, I'd love to give people someone a copy of the game, but I won't have one. Um, yeah. And, and hopefully, over time, you know, I would want to encourage different ways of playing. I've got a few other ideas, but I've just been focusing on three to start off with. And, once, and yeah, it would be really yeah. great to see people say, well, actually, we've looked at it this way. Um, sure. So are, are you quite a fan of uh, games systems uh, and components that allow people to create their own things or is that a happy accident um i think it was a happy accident actually it was just over time and almost re the last few weeks taking a step back and looking at it differently it was like actually yes i hadn't realized this it was it was certainly not an intention um but you know as i said i it's been two years in development and only recently I've kind of become more aware of actually you can use it so many different ways if people just wanted to invent their own thing. Um, but I've always yeah. been um, a games mechanic butterfly uh, going back to, <laughs> well, if, if we go back to the miniatures, which, you know, I play um, a few games, but yeah. I've actually moved, I don't move within the same game to different factions. What I tend to do is move different game systems. So, I played 40k and uh -huh. I played Imperial Guard. I played Malifaux now and I played Guild. I played War Machine. I played Flames of War. I play um, Underworld, um, Warhammer Underworlds. I play X Wing. And I generally stick within one faction within those Warhammer Underworlds, a bit of a variation because it's so easy to just pick up a crew. But it's generally sure. one faction, but each different game system has different mechanics and that's what I find interesting playing with miniatures but you've got different objectives and different um, either statistics that affect things or how they play so you've got the standard roll of dice hit a number four the Warhammer based universes it's the 2d6 system for War Machine it was rolling doubles for relics and all of those have differences and that's what I find interesting so all of the games that we've been developing, they're different from the previous one, at least the first few. So Vote Me is very much a social game, a talking game, but very improv heavy. You've got a more typical card game with Kazing where you have that set of cards um, and you're trying to work out how to put them down and there's a puzzle solving element. We're yeah. developing Six Gun Showdown for next year 
and whilst that's a card game there's very much a case you choose your six cards you lay them down and there's then that tactical element of trying to work out what's the best six cards to play down based on your opponent there's an element of trying to outwit your opponent um, with an element of bluffing and also reaction speeds and so it's it's still cards like Kazing, it's still cards like Broke Me, but the mechanics are different, and and those are the things that interest me as a designer. Yeah, sounds great. Um, we we are a lucky frog. Um, we we're quite interested in the people behind the games as much mm-hmm. as the games themselves, and uh, you although. We know you as uh, Tom Lovewell, Redwell Games, game designer and gamer. You, as your day job, are a biochemist. Yes. Well, I've gone for um, Redwell Games because, unfortunately, Lovewell Games is not quite so family-friendly. But um, the fact that I've got a PhD as well, Dr. Lovewell has hit a number of spam filters in the past, unfortunately. Ah. I see. Yes. Um, yes, when I first started uh, dating my now wife, um, she had to go to the IT department at her job because despite having a university email address, their spam filter was set a little bit too high and so it would just disappear into the spam when I'd say, what time are you finishing? I'll come meet you on the way home or something from work. It's just straight into spam because... Lovewell was a little bit too risque. Okay, so why is Lovewell in particular risque? Because Dr. Lovewell sounds a bit porn star, so. Um, but the best. That, that pure is, and simple, it just, it just sounds pornographic. Well, There's well, no well, specific reason. Well, well add, add to the other fact that um, if people search, if anyone who does science and knows of PubMed, you'll be able to find me on there because i've got a few publications out it's thomas richard john lovewell so not only is it dr lovewell there's also a dick and a john thomas in my name to make it proper porn star wow there you go yeah dick john lovewell yeah i think he needs to appear as a character in something there Uh, alongside horatio slice yeah i think so the the adventures of uh horatio slice and dr john dick lovewell Pirates in an Adventure with Scientists, the X-rated version. <laughs> oh, wow. How, yeah. how, where do we go from here, Tom? Um, well, uh, uh, instead of ham night, it's sausage night. Um, I don't know. We, think, we can only go up, surely. <laughs> it can only oh, go up. The, yeah, no pun intended. Yeah. Um, right. Yeah. So, 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 I, so, I think, I think so, it... Yes, um, so I could talk about my research just to kind of up the level. I used to do research on autoimmune diseases. Um, oh, I don't know how to finish this. <laughs> oh, man. From the ridiculous to the sublime to the ridiculous again. Yes, I, I try to pretend that I'm intellectual, but I'll, I, I really am not. No, I, I, you, you can you can see it there. I, I, I don't know. I, I feel like... Um, I feel like silliness kind of comes with intellectualism. Oh, oh very much so. As anyone like, who saw me at um, Tabletop Scotland, I was walking around with a Hawaiian shirt and a wizard's hat on half the time. Yeah. I, th- I think there's more of an intrinsic link between uh, silliness 
and intellectualism than than a lot of people like to admit at times. Yeah, well, you can't be sensible all the time. The other way I view it is, I, I think sometimes just the brain cells shut down and go, no, you've used this too much, and so kind of we, we're having a sleep now. Let the rest um, have a party instead. Well, it's not just that. Like a lot of the intellectuals that that I've met, the some of the, the the most strange people, and they they they've got a way of looking at the world. And I I think I think this is part of like having an intellectual brain. They've got a way of looking at the world that's just so far removed from everyone else that some of the stuff they hit out with, you think, what what are you what are you doing? There's there's one guy in particular. He's a, a a family friend. Will not mention any names. Um, he he put up a post on Facebook, um, about how he didn't understand um why he was getting odd looks on the train whenever he took out his banana holder. Right. Yes. But they're very practical. The number of times I have had squished bananas at the bottom of a bag. Yeah, and, and they do straight up just look like sex objects. There there is that though. But so do cigars. But that's. Yeah, that that's the that is the price you pay for an immaculate banana, or in my case, the price that I should have paid so that I didn't have um, half squished banana and half bananary paperwork. So did did you actually have to go to your boss and say uh, a banana soiled my home my homework? No, that's because, why. No, because most of the stuff is typed up. The advantage of having rubbish handwriting is i knew i needed to get a phd so i had an excuse it's like yeah you can't read my handwriting because i'm a doctor um yeah 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 you had you had to you had to do like 10 years in the system in order to justify your abysmal handwriting i had yeah that was the only answer to it was my handwriting ever since i was young has been bobbins and so it's like yeah i, I need to get a phd clearly because i've got rubbish handwriting uh, so i need the excuse plus i then get to have a very pun um um able name as well so you know win-win you see I, i've got no excuse my 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 handwriting just looks like arabic and i'm not a doctor i just have i just have really bad handwriting yeah and there you go well i you know spend 10 years in the system but, and find some way to get an excuse. Yeah, I'll I'll look into that. Anyway, on on that um, on that bizarre note, I, I think uh, I think that's just about all we've got time for. But yeah. before we wrap this up, um, if, for people who are interested in Redwell Games and in particular Kazing, yes. where do they need to go? Well. We're quite active on Twitter, and so we'll definitely be announcing on Twitter um, when Kazing is launching on Kickstarter. It will be on the 30th of October, but there will be the links there. Um, I'll obviously send you guys a link to the Kickstarter page. Um, yeah. But if you search for Redwall Games on Kickstarter, you'll find it. Um, and just like Vote Me, it's coming in at a really cheap price. Um, I think uh, the highest price for a game is £16. Um, so it's nice and compact that way. So um, people should go have a look at it. Um, and yeah, Twitter and Kickstarter. But we are at redworldgames.com. I also exist on Facebook. And I've been pushed into using Instagram, but I still haven't worked it out yet. I, I, I find Instagram easier to use than Twitter, I think. I, but that's, that's just me. 
I don't do enough pictures of things. I think I th- so. Okay. I, think, yeah. I, I I really struggle with. Oh, I'll take a picture of that. Uh, yeah, just. I think this is where my science brain is wired strange. I can't do pictures. Oh, well, see, I, I'm quite visually orientated, so I guess we're kind of like opposites in that way. Whereas the, the yeah, I, I just don't like Twitter. Anyway, yeah, Tom, thank you very much for coming on the show. Thank you for having me, good sir. Yep, I'm. I'm sure we'll uh, we'll hear from you again. Oh, very much. And for all of our all of our listeners, wherever you are, thank you for joining us, and we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye. Hi, everyone. It's Charlotte from the Unlucky Frog Gaming Podcast. Thank you so much for listening. Now be sure to follow us on Facebook and Twitter. All you need to do is search Unlucky Frog Gaming. You can also show your support for the Unlucky Frog through Patreon. To find out more information, check out our website, www.unluckyfrog.com. Thanks. Bye.